Yes, hello, folks. Welcome to Beyond the Pitch and of Cold Football CFB Production. I'm your host, as always, Phil Brand, joined with my regular co-host, Cal McFadden. And I must say, delighted to be joined with an absolute legend of the game, Harry Redknapp. Fantastic football career, of course, both playing and managerial. Uh, an absolute fantastic character, someone that uh, has entertained me over the years, had some brilliant football teams, had some brilliant football players on his wing as well. Uh, again, I'm honoured to have on the show. Harry, how you doing, pal? I'm good, guys. Yeah, great. Thank you. Hi, uh, strange times we're living in. You're, I believe you're down there in Bournemouth. Nice weather. How is everything down there? How you doing? Yeah, we're fine. I mean, just, you know, the football season's up and running again. So, obviously, I had the two games last night, Man City, Arsenal, Villa, you know, Villa, Sheffield United. So, it was great just, to, you know, very different. Obviously, no crowds, very no atmosphere. But, you know, it was just good to watch some football again. So, you know, I'll be watching every night from now to the end of the season, that's for sure. How are you joining, Harry, with all this new normal? Of course, no fans, everything. It's not perfect. But um, are you enjoying it again? Well, it's not the same, is it? I mean, it was it was quite hard watch, you know, at times last night. You know, especially the first game. was There wasn't a lot happening in the Villa-Sheffield United game, apart from the goal that should have been, you know, that Sheffield United should have scored that wasn't given... Other than that, it, it was a pretty tame affair, really. But uh, I'm sure it's got to, you know, liven up a bit because there's so much at stake still at the bottom of the table. That's where the real excitement's going to come, I think. You know, there's seven teams in a relegation scrap and and three of them, obviously, are going to go at the top. We're just waiting. Liverpool just going to win that one game that they need or whatever. You know, and it's all over. I mean, I, I still think they could probably lose every game and still win the league. They're that far clear. Yeah. But... Uh, the, the excitement is going to be at the bottom of the league and in the championship as well. You know, Leeds, West Brom looking to get up and the relegation scrap in that division. It's, it's in terms of the, the football being back, Harry. Phil and I obviously love watching it as football fans, but from your perspective, having coached at the highest level, does it make you watch the game and have an itch to give management one last go or are you done with that now? No, I'm done now, really. You know, it's uh, I've had my time. But uh, no, I, I enjoy it. I love it. I mean, I go to Bournemouth every week. As I say, I live there, take my grandkids. Uh, and I've been down up to, before the lockdown, I'll be starting to go up to Chelsea as well because Frank's there. Frank's my nephew. So we, we went up and supported Frank. Took One of my grandkids is Chelsea crazy. So, <laughs> yeah, we had a, we went up there, watched uh, watched a few games. And, you know, that was great as well. So I'm missing that. That was a nice day out for me, going up to Chelsea and, and watching them play and, you know, hoping that Frank would get a, a positive result. Let me ask you about Bournemouth, uh, Harry, because, of course, Eddie Howe's done a brilliant job. He's played football yeah. the right way. He's played football on the ground. Not easy to do in a Vitality Stadium with 10,000 people and not massive resources. Would you worry for them if they went down, Harry? Yeah, it would be a problem. I mean, you know, if you'd have said to me 10 years ago, Bournemouth will one day, or 20, 30, 40 years ago, yeah. they'll be in a Premier League one year in the top division, I'd have put you off your head, you know? <laughs> it's not, it's never been a hotbed of football. I mean, I managed here for 10 years. Yeah. And, you know, we, we we got into the Championship for the first time in 100 years of their history. They'd never been out of Division 3 or 4 before. And suddenly, you know, we're, we're sixth in the Championship and there's like 5,000 people here. I mean, it's just, now suddenly everybody's, been coming here all their life, never missed a game. This, you know, you can't get a ticket. It's, uh, but if they went down, obviously it'd be a problem. You know, eleven thousand gates. They're relying on on the TV money, really. That's where the money is. That's where, and without that, it would be difficult. They've got players here on good money now. They're playing paying good money. You know, um, you know, they've got players here on seventy, eighty, ninety, hundred thousand pound a week. So they really need to be in the Premier. So it would be a problem. 
uh, it would be a problem for the club. But I think they'll, I, I think they'll be okay. I think they'll just about survive. Another one of your former clubs who you were very successful with and played some outstanding football was, was of course, Spurs. What's your opinion on this current Spurs team? Mourinho's came in. It's been a bit hit and miss. It's been up and down. How do you see them going for the rest of the season and beyond? Well, I mean, the last year, apart from the, you know, they got to a Champions League final last year on the back of a bad run in the league. And, you know, it was a great achievement to get to a Champions League final. But how they made it, I'll never know. Having seen the group games when they looked like they were going out and every round they looked like they were going out and... Uh, but and they've been on a horrendous run. I love Pochettino. I liked him an awful lot as a guy and as a manager. But they you know, their form of 25 games or whatever it was, 25 sort of averaged a point a game. That's that's relegation form almost, you know. So I think they bought Mourinho in. I think what happened there? I would think the owner Joe Lewis and Daniel Levy looked at the situation and thought we're not going to make Champions League. We've got the stadiums cost a fortune. The training ground is the best in the country. We need to be in the Champions League. And I think they probably had a bit of a panic and, and thought, well, Mourinho's a man. Let's bring him in and get us there. But at the moment, that, they're struggling to do that. I still think they've got a chance. I wouldn't write them off from a top four position or top five might be enough now with, with, uh, with Man City, you know, depending what happens to them. But... Um, no, they're not as good as they were a couple of years back when they had Walker and Rose at fullbacks. You know, Dembele, they, Ericsson was in great form. They looked a better team two years ago than what they do now. I don't think they've progressed in the last two years, really, from where they were. It's a bit of an odd match for me, though, Harry. Going from Pochettino to Mourinho, they're two very different managers. They play football very different ways. You would imagine yeah. if you're going to bring Mourinho in, you're going to back him in the transfer market. That's a football club that needs to spend, especially in the in the centre-back positions. But you would imagine with this coronavirus, not having any money, the stadium, as you say, has cost a fortune. That money's probably not there. Was it a bit no. of an odd match for you? Yeah, yeah, it was a straight. I was surprised. Yeah, it was a shock, really. But obviously... It, Listen, it had been done before Pochettino, you know, them deals sure. that, you know, it obviously was in place well before Pochettino left. So yeah. it was a done deal. But I think that was probably the reasoning behind it. I think they looked at him for with 25 games, 25 points or whatever the average was. Uh, you know, we've got to, we, we can't sit back and not make Champions League, but it still doesn't look like there's any guarantee they're going to make it. I mean, at the moment, you know, you'd have to fancy the top five. The top five, I, probably for me, would would be obviously Liverpool, Man City, Leicester. I think probably Chelsea, Man United. I think, you know, I don't see Arsenal being anywhere near it. They look bang yeah. average to me, Arsenal. They're yeah. nowhere near. He's got a hell of a job on his hands at Arsenal. Yep. They really do look an average bunch of players, you know? They do. Uh, so I think I think Tottenham's got a chance. Wolves have done a miracle. Wolves have been incredible. They could sneak into, the, into that top five. You know, Sheffield United, what a job he's done. Chris Wilder. Yeah. But, I wouldn't write Tottenham off. You've got a big game. The first game's a massive game. They've got to beat Man United. That's with the first the, game. With the Premier League, Harry, you know there's so much focus on the sort of big characters as players in, in that league in terms of Paul Pogba, um, Sa- uh, Manny, Salah, the likes of those guys. You managed some big, big players in Mavericks in your career, such as Decanio, Merson and Canu. Just how do yeah. you manage guys like that on a daily basis? I loved it. It was great fun. <laughs> It was a challenge. Every day was a challenge, you know. <laughs> Merson, Merson telling me he was going to Tony Adams' clinic because he'd been gambling, drinking, 
his missus caught him with a bird or say, I don't know. He, <laughs> he said that. And like, Harry, I need to go to the clinic, Tony Adams. I've got all these problems. I said, up, Merce, not a, we haven't got a game for two weeks. We went out the cup. We're top of the championship. We want to win the league. He's the best player in the division. He's my captain. I said, Merce, go to Tony's clinic, please. Get yourself sorted out. Come back ready for the last for the last 15 games. We need you, you know, mentally right. Oh, thanks, Harry. He said, off he went. He told me he was at the clinic. A mate of mine was in Barbados. <laughs> Rung me up as I just been talking to Paul Merton on the beach. I said, it can't be. He's in Surrey at the Tony Adams' clinic. He said, he ain't. He's in Barbados. And uh, he came back in the following Wednesday. He had 10 days away. And I went, you're right, Merce. He had the best suntan. It was January. It was <laughs> he had a bit. It was snowing. It was bitter, every, oh, raining, snow. We had everything. And he's so brown. I've never seen anything like it. I, I know, I've had Merce on the show many times. Brilliant, brilliant. Guy. I loved him. I love him now. Canu, what a character, Canu. I mean, he used to ring me up on a, on a Sunday night. Every Sunday, my phone would go about 11.15. He knew I'd be in bed, my mobile. Hello, Gaffer. It's the king. Uh, I have upset stomach. I can't come training tomorrow. <laughs> like, after six times of this, I said to him, King, just don't come in on Mondays for the warm down. See you Tuesday. Don't waste your phone money, please. You know? <laughs> well, you've had some fantastic players in your time, of course. We mentioned the Canny Udo. Looking back to oh. your career, Harry. Who would you say is the best player you've ever managed? Oh, Gareth Bale was an incredible talent, really. Mm -hmm. yeah, but I had all them kids at West Ham, you know, yep. they were only young. Rio, Frank, Joe Cole, Michael Carrick, yeah. you know, Defoe. They were, all great players. But Luka Modric and Gareth Bale were two incredible players. Ledley King was an amazing player. Yeah, uh, I had some good players at Tottenham. But Gareth Bale, he had that spell of a couple of years where... It was crazy when he, pick, he used to pick the ball up outside his own penalty box and end up having a shot at goal, running 70 yards with a ball. You know, it was, he was just unplayable. He had a spell where he was unplayable. You know, when he first went to Real Madrid, he was like that, you know? Yeah. Scoring goals, Champions League finals and all sorts. But And Luka Modric was just a great player, great technical footballer and, and a great lad as well. Not a minute's problem. Family man live for the game you never had to worry was he out drinking or what he was doing you know always trained hard just respectful a great person on Gareth Bale I'm very lucky I'm going to be interviewing his agent Jonathan Barnett very very soon what would your yeah. advice be to Gareth in terms of this summer is it time he moves back to the Premier League or gets out of Real Madrid and plays more regular games and finds that happiness again well, it's a difficult one. I mean, he's such a great player. You know, I'd love to see him back in the Premier League for a couple of seasons, for sure. But it's a difficult one, isn't it? When you're earning that money he's earning, yeah. it's very hard. You know, we can all go, oh, well, you've got to play. But, you know, when you're getting that sort of money to go and probably take half your wages, it's uh, it's not an easy one. And he's at Real Madrid, and who knows? Zidane doesn't him obviously but Zidane could be you know who knows at Real Madrid he could be gone in six months and somebody else comes in in a couple of months or whatever and they love back Gareth and he's back playing again and but uh, I'd be surprised if he if he walked away from that contract at Real Madrid but he is an amazing talent and he's a good lad as well not a minute's problem Harry you told the cracking story about Benjani of course when you tried to sell him which was Benji. absolutely was, yeah. <laughs> was there any other players like that you tried to sell that wouldn't move um 
Well, I remember Crouchy. I was with Crouchy. <laughs> did a program with Crouchy last week. You know, when we Crouchy went to Stoke, I was taking Addy Bayor, and to get Addy Bayor, I had to get rid of Crouchy. You know, and <laughs> it's it's very difficult when you have a player that you know you love him, and I love Crouchy. I took him everywhere, but I just felt it was time. I wanted to get a slight, play, play slightly different. Addy Bayor, I fancy could come and do something for me, and you know, you end up pushing him out the door and. I had a little boy at Bournemouth many years ago called Matty Holmes who he was he wrote in for a trial and we signed him off of you know out of about 150 kids who came in on trial and and Matty I just loved him and he was the best little boy and professional ever and I took him to West Ham we paid I think I paid 40,000 pounds for him and I went to West Ham I I took Matty from Bournemouth for 40 grand and he did brilliant for me and uh, we had an offer of 1.5 million from Blackburn for him, and he didn't want to go. The same thing. Mm. He said, "I like it here, Gaffer. Yeah, I like playing for you, now, Matty. No, you've got Alan Shearer. You're playing with Alan Shearer, Matty. Get up the." And it's very difficult, you know. You're pushing someone you love out the door, but uh, but when you consider, I suppose I did sell my own son when he was 16 to Liverpool. So really, yep. I could sell anybody. <laughs> See, Sandra, Sandra's not heard that. Don't. In terms of the management, Harry, um, it's sort of changed over the years now. There's been a, a, a large influx of foreign coaches. Um, what was your relationship like with some of the high-profile managers, like Alex Ferguson? Because we know he liked a post-match drink. Did you ever yeah. watch the horses or anything with him before a game? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd always go in Fergie's office. We'd watch the 2.15, the 2.30. Always, always go and have a bit, have a cup of tea. Talk, we'd talk football and watch racing for an hour. It was great. I mean, he, he was a student of the game of football. Mm-hmm. He, he knew, he's like me. He never he knew every player. He knew who played for Rochdale, who played for Stockport. He knew every player. And I was, and he knew his, all the kids in his youth team like I did, you know. I never used to miss a game. I watched the youth team play every Saturday and midweek and travel everywhere. And he was like that. And, I'd, you know, and so it was great. I always enjoyed being with him, but he loved his racing like I did. And so we'd have a bet on the GGs. And <laughs> yeah, it, always, every every time I went up there, we'd have a bet. You know, he'd have a nice bottle of red wine, have a glass of red wine after. Uh, yeah, I always enjoyed being with Fergie. Hi, we won't keep you too much longer. I want to ask you about your podcast, but I also want to ask you about uh, Jude Bellingham. You were at Birmingham, of course. Uh, this young lad is fantastic. Uh, he's wanted by everybody. Bruce Dortmund, Manchester United seem to want him. Uh, ask, tell me, how good is he and where would you advise him to go? Well, he's some talent. I mean, someone's got, you know, if, if you was at a big, you'd buy him. You've got to buy him. You know, like Delhi Alley when he went to Tottenham. I mean, I know he was only five million. But, you know, he was another one. I mean, how it took so long for someone to buy him, I don't know. I mean, you know, I Kevin Hitchcock was my goalkeeping coach at QPR and his boy was on loan from us to, to MK Dons. And he used to go and watch his boy. But he said, Harry, this kid is unbelievable. And yet he was still there like six months later. Well, someone's got to buy this kid because there'll be, you know, he'd be an hundred million pound player before you know it. So, but where he goes, I don't know. I think he's one of them boys. Wherever he goes, he'll get in the team. I don't. You'll keep him at the team long. If mm. he's got a chance to go to Old Trafford, what a great club to go to. Go there. He'll yeah. break in the team. I think he's that good. And in, t- in terms of yourself, Harry, we know you're going to be starting a podcast of your own soon. How excited are you about that? 
Yeah, I'm supposed to be. I don't know what's happening with that. I, I don't know. I just people ask me. I go, yeah, no problem. I, I'm not, I don't know what's happening with it. Um, I'm ready to go, but um, I just need somebody to hold me hand and point me in the right direction, really, and get me started, you know, and then I'm up for it. Well, if you need any help, let me know. Uh, we're happy to help with you. Hi, Brilliant. You, you are a fantastic guy, fantastic uh, student at game, and of course, one of the great legends. And don't lose those stories because Jerry Armstrong does a podcast where he does all his football stories from the 80s and the 90s when Watford, when he was there with Elton John. Ah, and Jerry's a great him. guy. Does a, does a brilliant podcast and he interviews all those old players from that, that era, 80s. So don't lose those stories because yeah. football needs to hear them. Uh, we wish you all the Good. best. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us out here. Great talking to you guys and sell out to everybody who listens. Good luck. Thanks. All the best, Thanks, fellas. Harry. All Thank the best. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.